Welcome to Conversations with Crystal. My name is Crystal and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining me again this evening. I hope you're enjoying the artists that I'm bringing you as much as I'm enjoying chatting with them. This evening on the show, I have a very, very talented female singer-songwriter from Western Australia, and her name is Connie Kiss Anderson. Now, I've listened to Connie's music, and I think she's just absolutely fabulous. She's a really, really hard worker, and the music that she writes kind of really gets to your soul. Now, she's also won a lot of awards. So some of those uh, include Best Independent Female Country Artist for Western Australia. She's won that three times. Best Independent Country Music Album for Western Australia twice. A National Tiara Award for Female Vocalist and four Gold Medallion Media Awards for the South Central West Regions of Australia. Connie has also recently received a Dusty Boots Award for services to the country music industry in Australia. Now, she has a lot of dedication and commitment to producing her music and she also hosts a globally syndicated radio show called Showcase Australia since 2011. And that's a program that promotes new Australian country music to the world. And I feel very privileged to be able to chat with Connie this evening. So please join me in welcoming Connie Kiss Anderson. Hi, Connie. How are you this evening? I'm great. Thanks, Crystal. Good evening to you and all your listeners out there. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, You know, I really, really want to thank you for uh, being on my show because, you know, you're a a very, very standout Australian artist yourself and as well as um, being on the radio too with your own show. So I feel very privileged to be able to speak with you and that you've taken the time to do that. Thank you. Oh, well, it's my pleasure, and the truth is, I'm just a regular person like everybody else. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's what you do, and uh, you do what you love, and love what you do. So, oh, yeah. I couldn't, I could not agree more. Now you're yeah. all the way over there. We're in Sydney, Australia, and you're all the way over there in Western Australia. So... I know, can't get further away, really. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I've read and seen that you do a lot of travel for music festivals and uh, country music festivals and the like. And I would really, really, really love to see you come to Sydney. Uh, yes, I, I would really, really, really love to go. <laughs> but it's one, of, it's one of those things, that, you know, um, getting across the country, especially nowadays with the, the price of fuel and, and accommodation and all of those things, it's, it's, it's really about uh, being able to afford to get there and making it an economical um, venture, if you wish to, you know, use that word, you know. So my recent trip to Mildura... Um, I picked up quite a few uh, shows across and, and that made it worth it. And and um, I'm one of those people, it's like, I don't know if it's because I'm blonde, but I just I just can't think too far ahead. 
I'm blonde too, darling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I knew. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that would, I thought, you know, we might be kindred spirits along that way. <laughs> I think so. We have a camper van, so whenever we go, oh, great, we can get a country gig out Wagga, which we've got this weekend, or yeah. here or there or wherever, we're just like, oh, paid holiday. <laughs> yes, because that's what it ends up, yes, just, you know, you, you a paid holiday. I mean, we just came back from a festival in Geraldton and blew two tyres on our caravan. So oh. there went all, all my, uh, you know, by the time we get things repaired and all the rest. Of but course. It just is, you know, and, but we had fun. So it's, yeah. it's fun. Now I would love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would love to know, do you have any signage on your caravan? Uh, country, no. Country I, music star <laughs> Connie. <laughs> I have thought about it. The only signage I have is UHF Channel 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truck driver's channel, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And 18 for the and 18 for 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 the uh, the, the plebs like me. <laughs> but I have the two channels going. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I often wonder that. How And I'm exactly the same. Why we don't have it, I don't know either. But I think that would be a fantastic thing because you're then promoting yourself as you're driving along the road and yeah. you don't know who's going to see it. True. Um, I, I have some magnetic things that I stick on, but I travel a, a lot of the time, just our circumstances are such that I travel alone and I will tow the caravan across Australia and or drive by myself. And so then I'm a little bit cautious about advertising that, you know, I've got music gear in the car or I'm oh, a musician. Yes. Yes. So there's that flip side that mm. I get a bit uh, uh, cautious about. So I, I travel incognito sometimes until I actually get where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's actually a good idea, yes. So yeah. I've got to give you props for pulling for towing a caravan on your own because I couldn't do that. Oh, I've done, I did, I, you know, I, I was, I had to do it, but my husband, we were at Tamworth one year and uh, this was the first year or second year, I think we had our caravan. The first year, I think we were the Griswolds traveling across Australia. We bumped into every tree and lost windows and different things. Oh, goodness. And <laughs> Oh, yes, it was an adventure. But the second year, my husband had to get back to work. And so I put him on the train for to Sydney and he had to catch the plane and then I towed the caravan home and and I had my heart in the in my mouth most of the time. But since then, I've done it about four times and I'm I, I I've become very at one with my caravan. It's a 25 foot caravan and oh my I love goodness, it. my yeah, goodness, yeah. that's fantastic. And, yeah, and I, I reverse it into our very narrow driveway in our very <laughs> narrow street, and. Um, it's sort of become, you know, my little baby. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, does yeah. she have a name? Uh, yes, the Caravan of Courage. Caravan of Courage, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying you were, um, you know, kind of hitting windows and, and all of this kind of thing <laughs> and on the roads on your own, I could only think of this Slim Dusty song, Lights on the Hill. Yes, yes, well, it, real thing, you know, so it's yes. a, my, I have a motto. My motto is always arrive alive, you know, and, yes. and, um, and uh, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, I always am cautious, you know, or aware, put it that way. I, I uh, don't lose my concentration because driving across the Nullarbor is, is a hike and, you know, you can easily get to, 
you know, it's, it's, what do you call it, white line fever or yes, something? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. Oh, that's very interesting. We um, recently were going to go across the Nullarbor, actually over to Perth, but um, we got a gig and I went, oh, not this time. <laughs> I'd rather no. the gig at the moment, thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, You'd have to play a few gigs to get here <laughs> because pay for the fuel. Yes, yeah. I know. It's just horrendous, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. But anyway, we, you know, yeah. what my, one of my dreams was to do what Slim did and yep. kind of drive all over up one way and get gigs along the way and then yep. back down a different way and get gigs down that way as well. So, you know, we're starting to achieve that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's good, yeah. All right. So let's tell me a little bit about you, Connie. Like let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, well, I guess um, I was born, uh, the name Kiss is uh, a Danish name and Anderson is spelt with an S-E-N. It's Scandinavian. I was born in Copenhagen. um, Oh. And... uh, my family migrated here to Australia, and actually, my, you know, even though the name is Kiss, the Christian, my Christian name is Kiss. Um, I was called Kissa. It's like you know Jennifer being called Jenny, you know. So yes. I was called Kissa, and oh. uh, so I went to school with the name Kissa Anderson, and of course. I was teased unmercifully. It was a bit like a boy named Sue, yes. you know. So, so I went home to my mum and said, "Had I been christened something else?" And I had. I'd be, so it was Connie Kiss, and so I changed it to Connie. And then um, the same with re- migrants, you know. There's always that work ethic, uh, and my family were relatively itinerant, um, looking for their ideal home and uh, and vocation but they um they when I was eight years old they asked me if I wanted to play an instrument they wanted to give me the opportunities that I guess they didn't get post-war in in Europe and uh so I um was uh, given well I wanted to to play the piano but being fairly itinerant (laughs) piano wasn't really practical so um they um then they asked me was there a second option I wanted to play um a guitar and uh, my mum came home with a banjo mandolin I don't know where, where the <laughs> connection was but... <laughs> she did so, her best I'm sure you know she did yes. she did yes and so I had uh, lessons playing banjo mandolin and uh, then it, we moved to Burke um and oh. back of Burke yep, yep. and uh, <laughs> Yes, and I was playing banjo mandolin by that stage and I was sight reading and playing and as you said, Slim Dusty, he was he came to town and um, his uh, he would involve the local talent, which also included, of course, you know, the younger ones and that was my first gig um, playing She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain, a little medley, you know, Red River Valley, She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain and uh, one other one, I've been working on the railroad. And, uh, yeah, so that's that was my big first gig of renown. With <laughs> playing Slim Dusty. Yeah, well, opening for him. Wearing oh. his hat. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I am so peen green <laughs> with envy right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, that was my first gig. So, and that's sort of how it started, you know, same deal. Um, migrant family, you know, I very fortunate living in Australia. I had a scholarship to go to uni. 
Great. And it was just, you just did not entertain the idea of becoming a musician and going out and playing. So, mm. you know, I got a haircut and a real job and, um, and I worked in education for an, uh, in education support for a long time. Um, and all the while, you know, uh, playing music uh, on the side, but not really entertaining the idea of becoming a recording artist or anything. And um, eventually I plucked up enough courage after a career in education support to step out and and uh, do my first recording by, because at this stage I'd started writing songs and things like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Now what I would love to know is do you still have that banjo mandolin? You know, I don't and I wish I did now. I regret I gave it to my friend who was from Canada and he had a, a little baby He'd, and and that was my gift to the baby because he oh. this, my friend was a musician and uh, and so I gave him my banjo mandolin to give to his baby boy. Oh, so that's, beautiful! So I don't have it, and I've lost contact with my friend. So yeah, I don't know where it is. But someone just recently gave me a banjo mandolin, but it it needs so much work that the luthier just didn't want to look at it. Oh <laughs> no. He said, no, no, just hang it up as a decoration. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when did you get your first guitar? Well, my first guitar I think I got it when I was about 24. Oh, really? uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. I say to people, I'm no spring chicken, I'm a sprung chook. Um, (laughs) So, and I get that out of the way because I think, um, you know, there is this idea of, um, you know, the industry is only for young, beautiful people. And uh, and so it was a little hard, but um, I, I've somehow forged my own path and um, and you know written some songs that have been very successful and and you know I learnt to play guitar by myself and had a couple of friends teach me things. But um, now I, I I know what I have to do when I go in cold with a band. I just say follow me, boys, and I set them up That's and it. away we go. That's it. <laughs> They need to know their place, isn't that correct? That's right, yes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I find, because I play mandolin and banjo as well as oh, do guitar. You? Oh, okay. And I always find it difficult if I'm playing mandolin or banjo and then I pick up the guitar for the next song, I go, oh, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because it's just I mean, a fraction different. A little bit, yes. yes. I have a mandolin as well, and the only song I ever play on is if we're doing festival, we do uh, Copperhead Road. I, I can I know about two or three chords, because the way I played mandolin was actually individual notes and tremolos yes. rather than than chords. Yeah. So um, it was like another learning curve for me, but uh, yeah. So I can play Copperhead Road really well. <laughs> it's interesting you mention that because we go to a jam night, and I'm the only one that plays mandolin or banjo there. Oh, okay. And I've yeah. been asked to do Copperhead Road in a few weeks. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> uh, yeah, two chords. You can do it. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Well, I actually bought my mandolin. Um, because during COVID, uh-huh. um, I was watching like or listening to Maggie May and I went, oh, that's a mandolin. Oh, I reckon I could play one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and I went yeah. and bought yeah. one. So Good. that's how that come about. But yeah. um, And what brand is your mandolin? And what do you consider uh, a good brand and uh, what makes yeah. it for you? Well, my mandolin is um, is an Ibanez. And I have no idea what makes a good brand, to be honest, because this this mandolin was here we go again. It's one of it was a friend of mine who was a musician, and it was his dad's, and he didn't want anyone to 
his dad had passed and he didn't want anyone to um ha- just anyone to have it so he asked me would I buy it <laughs> so oh, nice. I it. Nice. yeah yeah so I didn't know what I was buying uh, I ended up getting a little pickup to go on the outside of it and apparently um according to Dwayne Elix who plays banjo and and mandolin at Mildura for many years Dwayne said it's a really early old mandolin so it's like at least 30 years old or something like that nice. 40 years old yeah. Nice. There would be some yeah. workmanship in it, in other words. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I think so. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I've had it set up and as mm, you do, mm, mm, you know, and all that stuff. But I really don't – I really can't tell you whether it's a it's a, um, a, a, a high-end or a low-end <laughs> mandolin. You know what, I, just, I, I guess it, job. it I guess it doesn't really matter so long as you enjoy playing it. Yes. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So now you've got a guitar. Have you got more than one guitar? Oh, <laughs> don't ask me that, that question. That's a loaded question. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I have about. I think I have about ten guitars. I have a few in in the in the US as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would travel regularly to the US before the pandemic, and it was easier than to leave my guitars. It sounds sad, but with a trusted friend yes. than to um, uh, risk getting them, you know, beat up. And also at one st- one stage, um, Cole Clark, well, I'm a Cole Clark endorsed artist. So Cole awesome. Clark, w- when they had um, their, uh, when they were really trying to break into the US market, would just give me a guitar when I got over there to use. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I give it back though. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to. (laughs) No, they're like butter to play, aren't they? Just yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, Yeah. gorgeous sound out of them. I actually have a maiden, so that's oh yes, I have a maiden too, twelve string. Oh, twelve string, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Well, you see, you'd be used to that with the mandolin, wouldn't you? So yeah, Yeah. all those extra strings. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So your family, was your mother or father or other family members musical as well? Not really. Yeah, not really. Um, interesting that you ask that. But what I think is is the situation with uh, any, any uh, uh, I guess, people who are migrants from that generation, especially European, they, it was, uh, they would sing a lot at parties mm-hmm. they would sing a lot at um, at uh, you know sort of celebrations and all of that stuff but they didn't really encourage singing as a as a profession so did my father play an instrument he as he got older he bought himself an organ um, nice. and he loved to play and my mother had a a very fine singing voice when she sang you know uh, at these um, celebrations but not really, you know, in a career where they would sort of um, show me how to play, do you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Or be the example. Yeah. yeah, so you've done all this more or less on your own. Did you have uh, guitar lessons as such or? Well, not not formal guitar lessons. I had a friend uh, teach me um, so a whole lot of stuff. So he was my formal teacher, but he wasn't really a teacher. Yep. He was a, just someone who was way more advanced than I was, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, so I didn't do f- formal lessons or formal things um, within the, you know, education system or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I just uh, learned, in a sense, ad hoc. And then I sort of 
just in the last several years, I've developed a style and I cannot even tell you what I do, but it's very percussive and, yeah. um, and it's a, it's a flat picking, but percussive style. So yeah, I guess once it becomes like a second nature, you end up putting your own little touch to how you play. You know? Oh, of course. And, and that's how you know players yeah. from a distance where they might be playing in a venue and you're outside and you go, oh, well, I know who that is. Yes. It's because we yes. develop our own style and so we should. Nobody yes. wants to sound like anybody else. No, uh, no, exactly. There's no room. I, I love, um, you know, be yourself, everyone else is taken. That's Oscar Wilde's, um, yes. you know, saying. And I, I use that a lot, you know, be yourself, everyone else is taken. At first I used to be very self-conscious that I was a little bit different, um, oh. but now I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting, isn't it, because you'll have the diehard guitarist yeah. And not everyone's like this, but they'll go, oh, no, you're strumming incorrectly or blah, 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 or you're holding this incorrectly or you're doing the the chord incorrectly. And it's just like, but I'm watching you going, that looks awkward to me. So yeah. everybody has their own style and you shouldn't need to be like anybody else, as you said. Yeah. And, no, and having yeah. your own style um, is what makes you unique. Correct. And, and what... And- yeah, so we're jumping in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, darling. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it yeah. makes and it makes uh, people's ears prick up and go, "Oh, gee, here's somebody different. I really want to listen to what they've got to offer." Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, when yeah. do you think you wrote your first song? Wow, that's very interesting because I uh, the re- how I even entered into this uh, with any confidence at all uh, is my husband. He he truly was the man behind, um, you know, the wind beneath my wings. Um, oh, I, gorgeous. Yeah, the, he, his nickname is the Horizontal Cowboy. And he, <laughs> yeah, for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, he's from the US. Yeah. Uh, and so, but he... Um, I, without him, I would never have developed the confidence to do any of the things that I I, I ha, can do and have done. And, you know, he's always been um, my rock when I needed, you know, grounding and the wind beneath my wings when I needed to fly. And um, so I, I think really early in the 80s, I, was, I guess I started writing, but, you know, but even then it was like he had – Yes, that's right. We we recorded in Jakarta. We wrote I wrote uh, six songs with a, a friend, uh, and we recorded in Jakarta in 1984. I oh, think. that's awesome. Yeah, I told you I'm no spring chicken, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Neither am I, darling. So yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of want to go back to what you mentioned earlier that people think that the music industry is just for these young, pretty things. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of not because as, you know, we get older, we have so much life experience, which is yes. where we can write from. Yes. And we have also more endurance, I reckon. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other thing is I think there's room for all. I Absolutely. Mean, I, Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I have no problems developing and helping and, and you know, encouraging young artists. That I say to them, because, again, I have a radio show, so I'm, I, I have an ear that is, you know, selective, mm-hmm. and I say to them, 
you know, be yourself, the same thing, you know, don't don't sound like any, there's no room for a second Casey Chambers or a second whatever, you know, there be, have your own voice and, um, and that it would be my greatest criticism of the younger uh, artists coming through that they all sound the same, not all of them, but mm-hmm. there's a, a big chunk of them that do sound the same and it's very formulaic if that's the word yes. and there's nothing wrong with formula I've done many courses in songwriting um, at, at Berkeley and other places but you still need to have your own stamp and Absolutely. I think that that's what's missing with some of these um, you can predict exactly where it's going to go how it's going to shift where, where the chorus is coming in and you know and and that's where I encourage the younger artists to to stand out because they don't stand out if they all sound the same. You know? 100%. Now, just on mm. songwriting, because I write songs as well, Yeah. but um, what do you think or what is your belief on what makes a good song? Ah. <laughs> well, there's lots of things for me that make a good song for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I always, uh, I learned this over in Nashville when I did Song Camp 101 or whatever, and I had, I had three wonderful teachers, but I never thought of it this, this way. But one of the teachers had said, feel trumps melody, trumps lyrics. So what catches my ear first up is the feel of the song. If it has a really good feel, uh, and then that gets my attention. Then I start my listening ears going in, and the melody has to, in a sense, you know, sort of draw me in. And then the lyrics, um, and the lyrics, so this predictability is the first thing that your brain tunes out on. So mm-hmm. you, um, the lyrics have to certainly connect with the listener, but um, not be so predictable that you tune out. And, and of course, there's a story, there's got to be a, you know, beginning, middle and end type of thing or, or, you know, some resolution in the song. You can't, you know, it's like having the hero die at the end of a movie. You don't want to, you, you want. <laughs> yes. I think that's yeah. very, very good advice and, and very yeah. true as well. Very, yeah. very true. Now, you've mentioned that you've gone you've, uh, overseas to do music. So yeah. where are some of the places and what was the first place that you've travelled to? Well, I guess, well, being married to an American, I, I've always, uh, you know, uh, travelled to the US to visit family. But I, my first solo trip was to Denmark, um, mm-hmm. back to my roots. And, uh, and my first solo trip as a... As a um, as a musician, as a, a recording artist, was to Denmark. I did a recording, uh, a, a radio tour, and uh, I had a, had uh, at that stage I just released one song or, uh, or an EP, and I was the 16th most played co- country music artist in Denmark, which is probably not that great. But it was I, like, I think it's to know. be. I think to be, you know, playable. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that was my first trip, you know, and then the rest have all been to Nashville to learn my craft. And the truth, sorry, I'm jumping in. I know you just had a question No, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, but my first, 
I truly did not enter into this business as an artist. I actually entered into this business as a songwriter. I was pitching songs to um, profile artists and I nearly, uh, Celine Dion nearly recorded one of my songs. That's how this all wow. started. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's that's absolutely fantastic. The question I was going to ask was about where do you believe the music capital, as we know, is uh, Tamworth here in Australia? Yeah, that's the country music capital. Country, yes. country music capital, correct. Yeah. Where do you believe the country music capital is in the US? Well, I mean, I'd get shot if I didn't say Nashville. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, but, um, you know, there's Austin, Texas. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, there's also LA, which is not really country. It, it's uh, it's on par with Nashville uh, in terms of um, popular music. So, and then there's New York. So there's the three major ones uh, and Austin, Texas, which is more about alternative country, I guess, uh, old country, roots country, um, that sort of thing, you know, yeah. Americana. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have picked New York at all. No, there's a whole pile of people there, um, a, a whole pile of uh, record labels there. But maybe that's where the admin is, not necessarily the recording. Of course, of course. Yeah. Have you been yeah. to Sun Studios in Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> How yep. did you find it? Pretty cool. Yeah, it was one of those things. It's it's just a little room, um, and there's a little um, museum upstairs. And but I I've also been the RCA recording. My first producer recorded Elvis, um, and oh. and I got to play with Elvis's backing uh, the Jordanaires. I got to record with them uh, years ago. It was like. Um, so I was a bit spoiled, you know. It was oh. like, yeah, this is like, oh, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit spoiled. Yeah, Just a it was like, yeah, it was one of those uh, experiences where, you know, I'd walk where I, I first recorded in Nashville. My first producer sadly passed away during COVID. Oh. Um, he... Uh, he had um, 14 Grammys at that stage and, you know, when I um, – and he became a good friend of mine when I would go to his the studio down there. The Dixie Chicks producer was there upstairs and he'd call me Miss Connie, you know, and it was like, you know, everybody was – everybody is very respectful. Everybody is – um, very appreciative of everyone else. It doesn't matter where you are in the ladder, on the ladder. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I found that very refreshing, you know. Um, it, it was uh, and mind-blowing too because I was so intimidated by it all, you know, at first. Um, you keep but... taking questions out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Did it intimidate you to be yes. with yeah, those absolutely. grades? You know? Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think over the years, um, and with so many things, you know, experiences, I've relaxed a little bit. But oh yes, I was totally intimidated by everyone, and that's where this whole thing about be yourself, everyone else is taken. Um, 
I have learnt to just get up there and do it, you know, and not be intimidated by by people and things and other things. And and that's what comes with age, again, Absolutely. you know, as you mm-hmm. and experience sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I've I've um, had a had a, a a really charmed experience. I mean, I remember thinking that I'd never get to Nashville. And then all of a sudden, 23 trips later, the pandemic kicks in, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you cope with that? Because I'm sure you would have had uh, gigs lined up and, you know. Yeah. Well, part of me, Mm -hmm. yeah, part of me just went, oh, I can breathe. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I've had such a frantic, you know, sort of lifestyle is just going from one thing to another and I thought no this is good I need this time out and this is as they kept saying it was a reset you know and yes. um, mm-hmm. uh, you know and I miss I have another producer whom I have really become very fond of and he's record he's produced my last three albums and he's a wonderful man and we're doing the next album long distance but uh, and I can't quite get there because I have no one to house sit my dogs. I've lost my mum and dad and oh. they used to look after my dogs. And and I, I don't want to leave my husband here. I, I feel he needs to come see his family. It just shouldn't be me, you know. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're just sitting. I'm just uh, biding my time at the moment, you know, and just doing what I need to do and see what happens, you know. Oh, something will turn up, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, I have faith. <laughs> now, your husband, is he in the music industry? Does he play guitar? Oh, or... no, no. Yeah, yes, he's in the music industry. He's a groupie and he gets to sleep. <laughs> yep, and he gets to sleep with the lead singer. <laughs> That's his line. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a beauty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So, Connie, why country music? Well, it's in, I don't know. To be honest, I really don't know. I think it's the funniest thing because, uh, you know, I do, when I do a pub gig, I'll do all the classics, you know. And um, But I remember my, one of my first gigs, I was wearing cowboy boots, you know. I was walking through Denmark with cowboy boots on, you know, and I wasn't even doing country music at that stage. I think it's just um, the leaning towards the acoustic guitar and the instrumentation um, and... And I would say my music is probably more a little bit alt country, probably a little bit more roots country, Americana, not your mainstream right up there type of Keith Urban type of country, you know. Well, we call that kind of rock, country rock. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's where I think anyway. Yes. But, yes. Um, yes, so no, I've listened to a couple of your songs that you've sent through and yes. uh so the first one I'd like to play, we'll actually listen to one of or two of them actually, but one first. Okay. And can you tell the listeners where yeah. this song, how this song came about? And it's called Hurt. Ah. Oh, yes. Well, put it this way, I, I wrote this song um, travelling across the Nullarbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through a very difficult time with a family and uh, – but I'm not one to write in the sense that uh, uh, that I wanted to, um, you know, name or anything. I wanted to write it in a generic fashion that uh, uh, people could could be. And I'd 
years and years and years ago, I'd been in a very toxic relationship Mm -hmm. with someone else. And so I sort of just gathered my hurt feelings and, um, and, uh, and I, this sounds a bit weird, but when you're driving, the tires will give me a rhythm. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so I just got this sort of sense of you know uh, trying so hard to to repair the relationship, and all I got back was hurt. And so I wrote the song, how that you know, and drawing on previous relationships you know with with, with uh, people before the horizontal cowboy <laughs> <laughs> well i listened to it and i think it's a absolutely it's a a heart terror so i mm-hmm. think what we will do is listen to your mm-hmm. single called hurt thank you I've got to leave 
Well, Connie, as I said, I really, really love your style of writing. I love your voice as well. It's it's very beautiful. And what I would like to know is, do you play, that's you playing the instruments there? Not on that, not on that uh, recording. Um, But I, when I set up, I have a great influence on my producer. So I had the rhythm of the guitar uh, in on the what you call the scratch track on the demo, mm-hmm. and it was like very very strict about. So when I play that song acoustically, you you know straight away it's the same song. Yeah. So um, I set up. Here's that word. I set up the feel. Very important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It is because nobody else but you can make that yeah. feel. You know, yep. and that's, yep. that's what makes you, as I said, people stand out from the pack and I really well, love that. Thank you, yes. So, it's, it's doing well for me at the moment so I'm, I'm very pleased about how it's going. So, um, again, very grateful to people who are, are playing it and airing it on their shows. It's, it's, uh, it's my first release in a long time and I'm just so happy to see it do so well. Yeah, 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 I think it's lovely. Now, speaking of how many songs you've written, let's talk about that. <laughs> how many songs, how many albums? Yeah, that's oh, okay. it's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I've released six albums, um, four of which are original, and um, I have about, if you go to APRA, I guess I've got about 100 songs registered, and I've got a pile that I've not registered. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and in terms of recorded, probably four albums worth recorded. And I'm just in the process. I've just uh, pretty well written another ten songs for another album. So, and and that's what I'm going to get my teeth stuck into um, in in January because um, I'm just going heading out uh, on the road for another month and then. Uh, then Christmas is here, and that's a crazy time. And then January is quiet, and uh, we'll we'll start really working seriously on on the next album, for want of a better word, because people don't buy albums anymore. <laughs> no, well, I still call them albums myself. Yeah, or CDs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all know what we mean. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, are yeah. you coming to Tamworth next year? Um, I, I, I'm an hour all the time about that, but the truth is, um, by the time I get to Tamworth and home again, I'm out of pocket by about $5,000. Oh my Um, goodness. Yes, because, um, there's, I don't know if people are aware of this, but most of the time it's pay to play, uh, in Tamworth, you rent the room. Or if you do get paid, it's a nominal fee. Most of the fee, uh, not, you don't get paid. And it's a smorgasbord for country music fans. But it's, And it's, uh, yes, and people say, you know, treat it as an expo, expo, you know, for your music. But I'm at the stage where I would rather spend that money on my album than um, on driving all the way across there and, and uh, getting lost in the shuffle because there's so much great music over there. People just can't even sift through their their um, program to find, you know, new stuff. It's it's one of those experiences that I went there for seven or eight years and and thought, oh, I. Long story, you know, I, I actually at one stage, you know, was diagnosed with cancer and I oh. missed one Tamworth because of cancer and um, and 
I had to start at the bottom of the ladder again. I thought, I can't do this. <laughs> so no. I'm not going to Tamworth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you've you've recovered fine from the cancer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good I, to hear. I'm pleased. I'm a, I'm a, a, you know, stage three cancer and 12 years clear. So, good, you know, and um, I'm, I, I'm a walking example for people not to lose hope in, as far as, you know, those who are are going through that process. It's yeah. not a, It's not a fun time. And, uh, you know, but that's okay. Yeah, oh, good. I'm I'm glad that you've recovered. That's nice to hear. Yep. Now, uh, I, yeah. I actually have to say I did not realise that that's what Tamworth was about. You I, didn't? I did not. <laughs> I, I don't know what I thought. I didn't, I didn't actually think anything, I don't think, but I'd never realised pay to play. That's well, um, quite, quite yep. interesting. I did not realise that. Well, pay to play in the way that, in the sense that you have to book the room, yes, you yes, pay yes, for yes, the yes, room, yes. and then, you know, whoever comes, you know, whatever ticket price you ask for, um, you know, you can divvy up, but it's usually very low. There's, you don't cover your costs at all. Yeah. And that's a musician's insight, and maybe I'm telling stories out of out of school, but, no. um, uh, you know, I think that um, a, a lot of punters, music fans who go, it, there's so few musicians who come away. Uh, a lot of the people who, the bands get paid because it's usually people like me who need a band and I, I will pay the band. And, right, uh, right. You know, solo players, so the bands will get paid. A lot of people get paid but not someone like me coming from Western Australia. And so it's just, you know, uh, I could pick up gigs along the way but I, I'm I'm just – you know, I'd rather work on my album. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, that's yeah. uh, some, some food for thought there for other artists, you know, that were thinking yeah. of how do I break into Tamworth? Well, there's the answer. Yes, I well, I mean, you have your walk-up stages and you can do the coat, but you don't get paid for any of those performances. No, no. Um, and, uh, you know, I can tell you other stories, but we'll do that behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. Now, while we're talking of stories, I'm sure you've got a funny story or two from your yeah, time I, I, on the road. So let's hear one or two, hey? Okay, okay. All right. Well, when I, when I, uh, when you warned me of that question, I thought, hmm, I don't have any funny stories. And then I realised, yes, I do. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll put it out to the world. I certainly couldn't do it at the time um we've had the Nambang country music festival here going for um it went for five years uh, over six uh, festivals and always a wonderful festival um and uh, like a big family and such a great camaraderie and um i do have a gospel album out and Ooh, nice. so i would I would always get the uh, the job of being the gospel, the MC at the gospel uh, part of the section of the festival. And anyway, it wasn't this last, the last one, but the time before. Um, and I had the schedule, what time we were starting and all the, the rest. But in my head, <clears throat> in my head, because I'd been so organised, in my head I actually thought that's when I had to start getting ready. <laughs> For the, for the MC. <laughs> and <clears throat> so I've laid out my clothes and I'm just sort of brushing my hair and I hear the music start and I go, oh, my gosh. And I, 
I literally threw on all my clothes. I could not find my underwear, so, and I did not put—I did not put on any makeup. I just put a hat on, put sunglasses on, and threw my jeans and a top on with no underwear underneath, and, <laughs> and rushed up to, and emceed the whole event without any, without any. She's wearing no knickers. <laughs> Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, so that was one of those and it's like I didn't tell anyone at the time, of course. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, the shades were on, so no makeup, the shades were on and the hat was down over my head and, yeah, and and the, fortunately the shirt hung down so you couldn't see that I was not wearing any, no. but I had jeans on. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, were you the whole time thinking, oh, I can't wait to go and get my undies on? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about another one? Have you got another good one? Uh, no, I, I can think of embarrassing ones. I couldn't really tell you. I wouldn't be still, still not ready to tell you. What about uh, um, with travels with your caravan, anything, you know, like Slim, oh, yeah. Slim talks about, you know, they got stuck in mud and you oh, know, all of this yeah. kind of thing. And so have you got something yep. like that maybe? Oh, sure. If you, if you go and look at my uh, – just this weekend, if you go and look at my – Personal, I think also on my on my artist page, um, I was towing the. I was driving and we we're coming back, and I said to my and the winds were very high, and I said to my husband, "Oh, the winds are very high. This the car is not doing this very well." I said, "We're at, you know," and I was looking for a place to pull over, and I had not the pedal to the metal, and I was really trying hard, and. Um, and the next minute, a car passes us, and they're all gesturing to pull over, pull over. So we pull over, and one of our tyres is down to the metal. Oh, jeez. And totally shredded, totally shredded. Um, and we had just uh, – we're wood ducks, wood ducks when it comes to mechanics and things like that. So we always get our, our van serviced before mm -hmm. we go on a road trip. And they had cleared it and said, no, it's roadworthy, blah, 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 and, you know, done all their little services on it. But we had just passed through some roadworks, and I think we we must have done something to the tyre, and it just blew. Oh, my and, we were very fortunate. And then the next day, the other tyre was done. We had, didn't have a spare, but we pumped it up every, every you know, half hour. Oh, goodness. Home. Yeah. But you made it yeah. home, so thank goodness We did for make that. it home, yes. And my poor husband had to we, – we, the caravan place couldn't fit us in, so we had a you know, narrow, narrow driveway and under caravans and pulling off tyres and wheels and – yeah, so that was that wasn't funny, <laughs> but it was. No, but it's, we're alive. Yeah. Not funny, but you're alive. That's right. And you know yeah. what? All of these experiences on the road, they yeah. will make a great book. Yes, I guess they would. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, our tire looks like spaghetti, and it is on that. Uh, it's on the Facebook page. I yes. just said, yeah. you know, the joys of road tripping. You know, so yeah. Thing. Oh wow. Mm. So uh, what was the question I was going to ask you? It just flew out of my head. Did it? <laughs> it did. It did. Oh, uh, what was – who is the the best live act that you've ever seen that you've gone mm. to see? Uh, you know, that's a really, really, really hard one because there's so many great acts out there. And, I mean, I've just come from Mildura and if you talk about entertaining, then, you know, I think Rodney Vincent is is one of the funniest people out there as far as entertaining audiences. He has them in stitches all the time. If you think of uh, 
entertainment. I think Becky Cole is a wonderful artist, yes. uh, all-round artist, just a beautiful uh, singer, a fantastic instrumentalist, and she has a joke or two up her sleeve. So she's just the all-round, you know, uh, artist that I think is just, you know, great. And um, so there's so many of them. I, when I saw that, uh, you know, question, I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I could say me, but that wouldn't work. <laughs> yes, it will. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, I mean, I've seen The Stones. Oh, I've seen um, Chris Stapleton up live. I've seen mm. um, uh, Little Big Band. Uh, what is it? Little Big Town. Oh, they're all just so fantastic, Gretchen Wilson. They're all wonderful. So I, I, I don't have a real favourite. They're just <clears throat> all of them, again, are, are fantastic in their own right, you know. Mm. Do you often find that, oh, such and such is playing here and then you go and check the date and go, oh, I've got a gig? yes that Uh, happens a lot yeah it does it happens to us all the time because we're like oh I really want to go and see you know this artist or that artist and it's like you're checking you go oh we're going to be in Wagga that day (laughs) so no (laughs) yeah yeah no I I, yes that happens quite a lot there's you know little clashes along the way but yeah yeah um, something that's just come to mind how do you find Good nutritious food on the road. Do oh. you do you cook it yourself or? Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing, because um, it depends which direction you're travelling in. If you are travelling north and south in Western Australia, you're fine. You know, you you can buy your fresh veggies and 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 that and just put them you know in your fridge or your esky or wherever. But if you're going east west, it's terrible because there's so many. Um, uh, uh, quarantine points that you have to give over your food. So, um, I, on those sort of situations, I'll either pre-cook something um, mm-hmm. and heat it up, mm-hmm. lot it, or um, just wait till I get to the other side and start eating better. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because um, at Mildura just recently, I, I would, I had a great motel room. It was fantastic, and. Um, they had a microwave, so I could heat up things and buy one of those salad bowls, and that's how I would, you know, uh, not necessarily pay through the nose going to a restaurant every night for food or, you know, going to a takeaway. I could eat and have some degree of control over what I was eating too, you know. Yeah, because it's – I know myself when we – because we travel a lot, as I said, yeah. and it's like, well, okay – Let's empty the la, you know, the like the pantry and the fridge. Yeah. Put it yeah. in the van because I don't want to be paying for no. food that's I'm yeah. probably not going to like. It's probably yeah. l- loaded with um, sugar and fat and all of these kind of things, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, make yeah. me feel ill. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a juggling and expensive, as you mentioned. So yes. it's a little bit yes. of a a little bit of a juggling act. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, even across the Nullarbor, I bought a sandwich, a ham and cheese sandwich, and a coffee, uh, and that cost fourteen for breakfast. That cost fourteen dollars. Oh my god! Yes, that's just yeah. too much. And, 
Yeah, and the bread, I asked, do you have any brown bread or you know, wholemeal bread? No. And it was, the bread was stale. <laughs> Wouldn't you spew? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's a big thing. Have you found, because you've travelled so prolifically before COVID as well, that yeah. um, the prices for everything have just skyrocketed, hasn't oh, it? Totally, yes. And and I have to say I'm still getting what I what I used to 10 years ago for for gigs you know you know and that's not gone up at all but um prices yeah yeah, absolutely i've heard i've heard that a lot and experienced that a lot as well yes yes (laughs) i've had some people tell me oh i'm still getting the same money for the band i did 40 years ago and i'm going yes true no, yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Connie, being an uh, independent artist, have you yeah. ever had your own backing band? Oh, once or twice. Uh, I, I, what I, I mean, obvi- obviously, I travel and do festivals, and so I will use the house band, and that's always a bit funny because you're, um, you're. Uh, you know, you have to go straight in there cold. Sometimes you don't get a rehearsal. That's right. Um, but but I've sent through charts and different things, and then I have had backing bands here. But what I've found was um, two things: that you really have to have. It's not that a band stays together. It's not that a band does well. It's, they've got to stay together and enjoy each other's company. And I found totally. so many personalities way too hard to manage, you know. And uh, and I, I was would lose sleep in the end over things. So, I mean, I've done duos and had a, a great little duo going for over ten years called Kiss and Tell. And you know that worked nicely because I really got on well, you know. Um, but bands, my gosh, the personalities that that clash, and not necessarily with me, but, you know, amongst themselves, it was just so hard to manage that I now go, thank you, I'll just, you know, have the the backing band that's at the festival and or I'll put together a guest band, but they're not my band, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally and 100% understand <laughs> where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, if I do a pub gig, I will do the first set acoustic while people are eating and then I bring a band in a box out and they don't argue with me and we just, they don't, they're not drunk and they turn up on time and everything's good, you know. Yes, and they don't give you funny looks on stage. That's no, no. <laughs> but you do have to actually know the song. Yes, <laughs> and, that's it. And, and, yeah, so one hundred percent. There's no room for error. No, uh, not at all. With a uh, backing, you no. know, that's not human. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. All right, now we have another one of your tracks here called okay. "Steamy Dreams." Yes, yes. So, would you like to yeah. tell the listeners what that song yeah. is about and how it came about? Yeah, sure. That one, uh, actually, that one is is it, it's around this time. It was written um, uh, around Halloween, and uh, actually, you know, in that uh, period of time, October, November type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the U.S. and people uh, go really crazy in ha- around Halloween. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had never really seen it. And uh, I was living, uh, staying in a duplex or, uh, or half a house type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the 
the, the, right next door were some college kids and they were gearing up for a big party. And it was a hot and steamy day and they were really getting organised for this, you know, rip-roaring party. And I, um, I, I watched them getting organised and all the rest. And, and the funny thing is I say this from the stage, I really wanted to join them, but I thought I'd cramp their style a little bit because I was probably old enough to be their mum, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, I stayed at home and wrote uh, Steamy Dreams, you know, about having a party, but just instead of having it, uh, you know, whole it's just a party between you and me type of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I think, I, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. So that's how that came about. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So what we'll do now is just listen to Steamy Dreams.
Connie, like I said, I absolutely love your songs. And in that one especially, I can hear a little timbre of something in your voice. I'm not sure what it is, but I really, really like it. And I've listened oh. to a few of, of, like a lot of your songs, but um, yeah. yeah, I heard it in that one. I went, oh, that's something a little bit different and I really like it. I'm not sure what it is about it, uh-huh. but um, it could be emotion you're putting into it maybe. Well, it's funny you should say that because I people um, will come up to me after a gig and they'll say, oh, you really channeled so-and-so, you know, whatever song I was singing. And I say to them, you know, I don't really channel whoever the, the act. What I channel, I'm really, really big on the lyrics and I channel the story. I'm in the movie um, yes. of my songs. I'm always in the movie of my songs. It doesn't matter if I, it's my song or uh, it's a cover song. Um, when I'm singing a song, I, I'm in the, that little storyline. And so I sing it from that perspective. So that might be what you're hearing. And it, it, sometimes it translates into emotion. Sometimes it's, you know, um, it, you know, it's just, you know, me expressing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think to get lost in the story, as you say, that's a very, very, uh, not everybody can do it. So it's quite a gift to be able to do that. So Yeah. I, I taught singing for – I developed a course in for TAFE and taught singing uh, an eight-week course of singing for community college for seven years. And I used to say to the students, you know, like, don't um, worry about the lyrics. Worry about the story. So it doesn't matter if you make a mistake about the lyrics. So you're, you've got three and a half minutes to convince your listener about that story, tell the story. And uh, because, you know, everyone's always so worried about the lyrics. And um, even though I listen and they're very important to me, it's the whole package. It's the story that the lyrics are telling, you know. And so I would always say that to my students, just pay attention to the story, tell the story. Don't worry about the getting the lyrics completely right. It doesn't matter. Right, that's really, really good advice. That's really good. So, do you still do singing lessons or maybe guitar lessons or? Uh, well, I, I just had someone asking me. I haven't really, but I'm thinking. I I, I work. Uh, I worked for years as a relief teacher in education, even after I resigned. Uh, and I work with children with disabilities and I, I did an awful lot of music with them and they loved it and I love the kids. But I got to the stage where I was getting, uh, I'd pick up every little bug that was coming through the school and I was getting oh, sick all the no, time. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I um, I actually retired, resigned, if you wish, uh, mm-hmm. from teaching uh, at a, in an educational setting just this year, just a few months, a couple of months back, so I could go on the road. But um, so someone just recently asked me, did I teach? And I said, well, I did years ago. And so I think I might just, you know, once I get back in and back home and settled, um, you know, offer a day or so of teaching, you know, to people for vocals. I do workshops. I've taught, uh, you know, for Bush Balladeers and, I, and um, just recently I did a big workshop um 
on, on just protective vocal techniques. I don't teach style because everyone has their own, mm-hmm. but how how you can sing for three hours and not lose your voice or, yes. you know, you do three gigs in a row of three hours each and, you know, and you're the solo or four hours. And I, I don't lose my voice unless I'm actually ill, you know, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And, and that's uh, – it's called um, speech level singing. And so um, – I teach that a lot. I have in workshops and things like that. And I'm thinking of now, you know, re, uh, revitalizing that aspect of my, my business sort of thing. I think that that's fantastic. I think that you have a lot to offer others. And yeah, yeah and I wish you a lot of success with that. And with all of the things that you have coming up, which I'm sure are more festivals, uh, yes. your album, <laughs> new album coming out. When is that? Do you think that that might be coming out? Well, I think you're probably uh, mid mid next year, if I'm realistic. So um, 2024. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I think realistically, I'm not going to get it done for early 2024. I think mid 2024, and uh, where all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, type yeah. of thing, and you know everything is lined up. Yeah. yeah. Are you a lady that, um, or a person, <laughs> however you like to say? <laughs> that I thought, are you? <laughs> well, I don't know who you ask. <laughs> are you a lady that, like me, I get very. Yeah. Um, picnicky you know nitpicky it yeah oh like I don't, I don't like that bit of guitar work there so I'm going to go in and change it or I don't like how I sung that vocal line there I'm going to go in and change it do you do that kind of thing or do you go no first take is the one that matters yeah no what I what I really do we do it at three you know you comp your vocals you do three takes um, and then my producer will pick the eye teeth out of them. And then I'll have one say, maybe two says if there's something I don't like. For example, uh, in Hurt, mm-hmm. I said I can't hear the T on the end of Hurt. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. However, I don't – That we're both on the same page a lot of times and it's like – especially because it's like a full stop. All you give me is Hurt. Yeah. So there had to be – the T had to actually sort of be – close it um, as far as the the enunciation of that word mm-hmm. but most of the time I trust my uh, producer and it's only if something is really really irky will I say something yeah, right. because uh, he has a beautiful ear so you know and I he's far more experienced than I am so I always trust him Oh, that's fantastic. I like that. I like that. So just in closing, do you have any advice for people coming through in the industry? (laughs) It doesn't matter what genre, but what is your best advice for people coming through, either songwriting, singing, you know, or playing? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, someone asked me that a long time ago and I actually wrote the answer down. I don't have it just on hand, but... You know, the, the thing is, be yourself, everyone else is taken. It, that's the first most important thing. Be true to yourself too. And that means, you know, like be honest with yourself in terms of how you feel about what's happening in terms of your music and your career. Um, I Work hard, work harder, work harder still because it's not going to – land on your on, on there's only a very small percentage of people that will have you know fortune landing in in their lap you're going to have to work 
for it. However, be grateful for all the blessings and all of the the experience and all of the opportunities that do come your way because they are a privilege. I remember saying this to a young artist. Uh, it was just on social media and I said, you know, she mentioned she was um, doing something and playing something. I said, great. I said, take, you know, make it, uh, you know, you're very privileged to do this. And she took it the wrong way. And the truth is every day above ground is a privilege, let alone if you're now pursuing your dreams and your dreams are coming true and your dreams are small steps, it's a privilege because not everyone has that opportunity. A hundred percent, yep. Yeah, and so be grateful and say thank you. No, I think that's great advice, great advice. All right, Connie, well, I thank you once again for joining me this evening. I've really thoroughly enjoyed uh, chatting with you, (laughs) thoroughly. It's been fun. Thank you. No, thank you for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Are you welcome? And I hope to meet you one day and have a jam or something. Sounds like a plan. It does. Sounds like a plan. Thank you very much, Connie. I will catch you later. Good, Take care. Good night. Nighty-night. Night. I was joined this evening by the glorious Connie Kiss Anderson. What a very, very talented lady she is. Thank you for joining me this evening and please stay tuned for next week when we have another fabulous guest. I hope you're all doing well and please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome. And most of all, please stay tuned to this channel. Good night.